Okay, hello and welcome to the Hubtype podcast, the, the first one of 2022. We're back doing these. And uh, today we're joined by the CEO and co-founder, Mr. Uh, Mark Caballé. How are you? Hi, Gordon. Thanks for having me. Great. So Good first of all, it's been a nice start of the year, so we cannot complain about anything. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed 2022 is going to be better than, uh, well, previous years. Um, so, Mark, you are a, a Barcelona native, uh, obviously CEO of um, our lovely company, Hubtype, and a master's degree in computer science. That's interesting. Started your life as, a, as an engineer, is that right? What was that like? Yeah, that was, yeah it, was, uh, it was just uh, uh, my first job as a software engineer, let's say. It was an intern, and I was uh, doing some programs to make more efficient the internal processes that they had that were like a mess and yeah it, it <laughs> I think was, they uh, hire you again <laughs> as one of their customers yeah, totally but uh but yeah it, it was it was nice because it it made me learn how the real world works no because uh i studied in upc and there the computer science degree it's it's not the the most easy let's say and they teach you a lot of things not to for the sake of of those things that it's going to be practical but to make you to make sure that you are going to be able to solve any problem when it comes and uh, at that moment i realized about about that that insight you know mm -hmm. that basically they become you to to be a problem solver oh. they make you become a, a problem solver that leads nicely on to my next question so i think um maybe i'm wrong but i have the impression that a lot of c level come from engineering backgrounds um whether it's uh, CEOs or, um, you know, particularly like, um, like COOs and things like that. What do you think about an engineering background helps prepare you for C-level or does it at all? Mm, I think that it's, it's great to have a technical background. I don't know if it's the majority. I mean, I, I don't know that insight, if it's, it's, if it's accurate or not, but in any case, I think that the trend can be that it's really easy to start a company if you are a, a technical, an engineer, no, because you can start building something, which is the product part, which is the core part of the startup. So at some point, one of the founders have, have to be more in the business part. And that leads probably to these situations. No? But uh, that this is more or less what happened, even though we were clear that Eric uh, will be more in the product part or, or the technical part, and I will be in the business one. No? But uh, that would be, I think, the rational bit for the affirmation that you said. And regarding how it helps, it helps a lot because it gives you a lot of autonomy of understanding a lot of things that happens in product. And also having, depending on the kind of product that we that, that you have, in our case is a technical product, mm -hmm. it's really good to be able to have any kind of conversation with any prospect, you know, potential client, like either at a high level business, business point of view ROI, Mm -hmm. or go down to APIs and, and integrations and whatever uh, they need, no? And that makes you really versatile. I guess so the question would be, what do you prefer about uh, being the CEO role compared to being like a, a senior software engineer? What do, you, what do you prefer about the CEO role? I like to empower people to be the best of themselves and and probably as a software engineer you can do that somehow but here i know that i can have more impact and i enjoy uh, i think that life is about 
solving problems in general. Mm -hmm. And uh, as a CEO, you have challenges every day. You have to make decisions every day, and 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 it's less monotonous, let's say. Even though I think that a software engineer can be really exciting if you really like the the main problem for me is that I'm not that excited about software development. I think that I was good at at it, but I I it was not my passion. And and when is something is not your passion, you are not gonna excel. You're being very diplomatic. You say you, you sort of said it, it's not as monotonous. Then quickly went, but I'm not saying that software engineering is monotonous. <laughs> you yeah. <laughs> You say you've been well trained. Okay, so um, that yeah, that covers um, your sort of current role. I guess we have to ask the question about um, how did you and Eric meet? Who's our our co-founder um, here at HubType, and um, how did uh, HubType come about? We can get it straight from the horse's mouth. Yes, yeah, so we met, I think, that around 15 or 16, so more than 20 years ago. And, and basically, we were in different high schools, but we have common friends that were in my, in my, in my high school. No? And uh, I think that the first time that we met probably was, I don't know if it was in a party. Then also, we, I know that we were in the same gym. And then we studied together in computer science and start traveling and partying more, etc. So yeah, we we have known each other for more than twenty years, and that can work well or not, okay, in a company. And in our case, it's been one of the key things I think of uh, of this that, that that we are totally different, but at the same time uh, and complementary, but at the same time with the same values and core values and, and way to, to see a lot of things, no? And yeah, how we started Haptite, that was the other part of the question is, Eric founded another company, another startup, and I was working with him there. And at some point, uh, well, we were running out of cash, etc., and we were thinking about new ideas, also how to grow in that startup, knowing that the, the user base, it was a, a, a let's say, a betting, betting app, okay, mobile app. And at some point we said, how we can reach the majority of customers of our users, but as we don't have money to create a mobile app because we didn't have budget, how we could do that? And what we realized, uh, and Eric saw as well, is that everyone has WhatsApp, no? So if we could replicate what we have in the web on WhatsApp, the service, no, through let's say a bot, et cetera, you are in the pocket of everyone. So if people, instead of using the, the website, could use the, the WhatsApp to make bets, no? That, that, would, that would work, no? And we start, that was one line of inquiry. And the other one was that we were uh, also in going to Calzutada a, a together with Eric. And um, so for, for non-Catalan non listeners, the Calzutada is a big barbecue. Just, just yeah. to add that in, go ahead. <laughs> so, and, and at some point we, our car broke down in the middle of the mountains of Tarragona. We didn't know where exactly, where we, where we were exactly, okay? And we called the insurance company. So, and they started telling us, where are you? We, we were trying to explain and, and they didn't know exactly, they, they didn't understand. And at some point the, the, we, we said, I don't recall exactly if, the, the person from the internet said, or we said it, it's, okay, do you have WhatsApp? Because I'm going to share the location, no? And we did that, and right away, everything was solved. And at some point, we saw, why no one is doing this, you know? 
-hmm. And also that I think that it was one of the, the key foundations plus that the other company didn't work, work out as expected. So we started this new one uh, with all the learnings from the previous one. Right. So I guess like necessity is the mother of all invention, right? Like you couldn't afford to build okay. an app and you were like, wait, what's already on people's phones that we can get into? Um, okay. Running a company has to be pretty stressful and it's like ups and downs all the time. So I guess the question is in the first sort of six months or the first year when it was just you and Eric and maybe a couple of others, was there ever a point you thought, I don't know if this is going to work? Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the life of a, a founder entrepreneur, I think. But in any case, I think that, and this is something that I've learned about uh, in this journey, you know, that we try to plan everything and I usually live in the future, let's say. I'm a, I'm a, a planner, uh, but you cannot plan with a startup. Yeah, you can plan, but a lot of things didn't work out, don't work out as you think. And, and it's a roller coaster. No, it's not a topic. It's true. So, uh, but at the same time, also what I've realized is that the feeling of risk that you feel that you have is higher than the real risk because the worst case that can happen is yeah you don't work for you don't earn money for several months and you close but what you've learned in those months mm -hmm. makes you i mean the growth in a in a startup and when you found a, a you, you create a company is so much higher than the money that you can earn that I mean uh, at the beginning, that later on, that's exponential in your career. So it's a, I think that it's a really good investment. It's like a master uh, in life, I always say. Yeah, I was, um, I was listening to a podcast actually about PMMs and uh, this guy worked for, I think it was Sony or something. And he was saying when he first uh, entered his career, he became a specialist in competitor position. And then he got a job at a startup and he was like, I need to do everything else. And he said, it, yeah, he said it was like doing an MBA because he's like, I need to do the budget for my department. I need to do this, that. So yeah, I think we all learn quite a lot by from being at startups for sure. And in, in the chaos, right? If I could recommend some to, to the people that is starting now to work, I would recommend that they start in startup because the learning curve that they're going to have, it's going to be so much faster than a big company probably. They will have more autonomy. They will touch different things. They will realize what they like, what they don't like, mm -hmm. uh, and faster. So I think that it, it has all the benefits. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as somebody who, who likes working in startups, for sure, I would, I would agree with that. Um, so when you're starting a company, I guess you have like a vision. And obviously, we're, we're going to keep growing and we're not all the way there yet. But was there something you and Eric or you had in mind of like a, a type of company you didn't want? and what inspired that um, that thing you wanted to avoid? Yeah, uh, at Haptech, we always say that we, we, what we want is to create a company that Eric and myself will like to work for, no? And we want people to feel proud, et cetera. So empowering employees and, and making them grow and, and that we have this is a nice place to work that we take care of the, of the, of the employees. We try our best here. I'm sure that we can improve, but I mean, uh, that's, that's one of the things that is not negotiable since we founded the company and that we were totally aligned with that. In terms of the product, <clears throat> the why haven't changed. I mean, we want to make communication meaningful and increase the, the MPS of the world that we say, 
and what we do and how we do it and what we do it has evolved no, during these years and have changed. But for example, when someone has asked, can you integrate email to your product? It's that's for us is a red line because this is not a meaningful channel. This is this does not empower meaningful communication. So when you have a clear uh, why of what the, the purpose of what you are doing, then I think that everything is more easier in when it comes to make decisions. Um, I think it's quite it's almost like a powerful position to be in, right? If a client comes to us and says, "Hey, can we integrate email?" And we go, "It's an old technology. We're not going to do fax either," you know. No, yeah, I, because we don't say no and we don't give any reason. No, what we say is sure, yeah, guys, you don't speak like me. 80% of, of all the traffic is going to be on messaging and chat. So, yeah, we can integrate phone, email, and but these are traditional channels that in your daily life have already disappeared. So why we want now, we are an, an innovative platform, state-of-the-art technology, etc. So why there are platforms already that manage this properly. And the trend is that it's gonna decrease. No, I'm, I'm talking about this example. So we try to make them understand. I have to say that, to be honest, I'm sure that we have done things that were not maybe in the roadmap. And when you start, you have to win clients. And that's the most important thing because at the same time, they will validate the product. But I mean, I think that when you have the why you are doing something, it's pretty clear, then everything is more easier to, to, to decide the decisions are easier to, to, to take. And speaking okay. of the, the product, uh, we'll wrap up the, the, the tech part now, but is there, what, what part of the technology are, are you most proud of? Like what part of it do you really like either like to explain or show to people and you think this is cool? Well, conversational apps, basically. I think that the approach that we have is the, the, the right one, of course, this is our, our bed, no? And just for the audience, conversational apps basically takes the best of, they are in the intersection between the best of graphical interfaces and the best of where people spend most of the time, messaging apps and chat, no? So they allow you to create amazing graphical experience within these messaging and chat uh, channels that everyone is using on, on daily basis, no? And the way we see how this is evolving is like, WeChat in China, no? that messaging apps are not anymore just a messaging uh, app itself. They are like a, a, a browsers where there are like mini websites running. No? And, and that's the way that we see that and the trend that it's following. Basically, we provide the tools to create these amazing experiences no? with our conversational platform. The one that I, I like the more I think of what you're referring actually to go back to the, the foundation story is the one that we have with a client that I'm not going to name the roadside assistance uh, client. You know how it jumps from like it's it, for our listeners. It's if you have a it's literally the case that, uh, that Mark discussed in the, the beginning. It's if you have an issue, you go on WhatsApp, you type, click the type of issue. It takes you to web, um, like little mini web views. You then select the, the technical problem with your car. It's all within WhatsApp. You then share your location. You can take a picture of the damage. And it's like done in like 30 seconds. It's, it's so impressive, like the, the way we've integrated it. Well, I say we. I had nothing to do with the technical stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. No, but I mean, yeah, yeah. We, I think that we did a great job there. And the, the, the KPIs that they are getting are crazy. And but the, the rational here is we are, we are human beings, as in a human beings, we are used to interact with graphical interfaces and websites, mobile apps, smartphones, everything is graphical. So at some point you can automate some things with text, but 
when you want to do complex things and go to the next level, you need graphical elements. Yeah. And any kind of graphical element, not just buttons and carousels, you know? I just think that like, everyone has the same experience, right? When they get that, met, when they get that, when you're trying to fin- fix something on the website or via the app, and then you get that notification, like, please call us, like your heart sinks and you're like, oh God, this is going to be 20 minutes of my life. That's not going to be, not going to be pleasant, but totally. it is what, and that's why, that's why we're in that market for that. Ah, oh, shit moment, you know? <laughs> um, okay. So um, here's a question I have. When you explain your job to people, um, do you think they understand it? Do you think that they have like preconceptions when you go, I'm a CEO, do they think it's all like first class big business flights to New York? I think that in general, in, 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 a, in the founders, what always is shown or seen is the good things. But yeah. the struggles, the problems, the up and downs, I think that that's never uh, shown because that does not shine, but everyone in general that has been successful and either people that has not been successful and let's understand success maybe as, as making an exit or because for me, it's not that, just creating something, it's already a success because you just made up something new, okay? And, it's, and sometimes uh, there is lack components there about the market, the maturity, the, the moment, the competition. I mean, there are a lot of factors that can help. Of course, you have to be there. You have to be there. You have to be pushing. You have to be there and show up every day, no? But uh, I think that one of the perceptions that I have is that it seems that you don't, it, it seems like it's a position that's really cool, but because it only shows the good things. Right. Okay. But there is a lot of work and problems and, and bad days as well and, and amazing days, I mean, and pressure, stress, etc. And this is not, uh, this does not uh, shine or this is not what people perceive, no? So I would say that, yeah, probably what people perceive is, oh, that's cool. And, and yeah, it's, it's uh, but at the same time, it requires a lot of commitment and, and hard work. But I think yeah. like in every job, but uh, that, that also it's like that, no, at, at some point. Uh, as somebody who's, who's tried to find a, a slot for a meeting in your calendar, I can confirm your, your, your job is not easy by any means, at least time consuming. Um, I just have a question because you're talking about CEOs and um, the kind of startup world. Not, not necessarily all of them, but I find a lot of, um, a lot of CVOs, even very, very early on, start with this idea of like, we're going to IPO, we're going to IPO. And we all know that statistically that's not likely. Is there, do you know if, the, is there a reason for that? Is it to try and like uh, improve your valuation or is it just like some goal that's like in the sort of startup community? Why is, why does everyone seem to have the goal of IPOing, even though that it's quite unlikely? I think that this is changing right now. That's my perception. I think that every time there are more exits exits in early stage companies than before. I think that the market is changing the, the, the trends and how businesses make acquisitions, et cetera, no? But yeah, when you start, you want to be a $1 billion company, no? Yeah. That, that's the goal and you have to believe it because you have to believe that there is the chance at least, no? Because that ambition is what it's gonna make you keep going every day, every right. day, every day. And of course the chances, I mean, if you look for a point of view of rational statistics, you never will, uh, will uh, create a company because 80% of the companies that are founded fail in the first year. So just with that uh, statistic, 
if you just see the numbers, you are not gonna start a, a deep journey, no? Okay. So I think that it's an emotional decision and you have to believe. And, and that's also one of the things in life, no? But that when you really believe things, uh, uh, something, and you push it, you push it, maybe the outcome is not what you had exactly in mind, but it's something that looks like or, or, or similar or that that created another situation where then you reach to that goal that you had at the, at the beginning, no? Okay, the whole aim for the stars and you might hit the moon kind of uh, mentality. Totally, totally. Okay. Right, uh, going down to your day-to-day, a uh, bit more about you. What, what tool or resource or software do you find absolutely critical to getting your job done? And like I said, I think for Joy, it was Spotify. I think for Mark, it was some kind of clean code uh, software. Good question. It has to be a software, right? No, it can be anything, to be honest. If, if you've got like a stress ball in your house, then maybe, maybe that's it. It doesn't have to be high tech. For me, it's... Uh... Probably meditating. Yeah. Meditation. How often do yeah. you do you do that? Like once a day? At least once a day. I try twice. One in the morning, one in the afternoon if I can, or before uh, going to bed. Relax a little bit, yeah. It's super hard. Like as somebody who who tries it pretty regularly, it's so hard. Like it's one of those weird things. Somebody says, Don't think. And the first thing you do is start thinking. Totally. Totally. But yeah, for me, I think that it, it helps me to reset, no, and mm-hmm. and and start over like the day several times, or or start in a in a different way, no. That I think that in these positions, and it happened to me in the past. I've been meditating for years, but in the past, I've not been always constant. And in the past, what happened is that I went ahead. I I, I went after the day. I mean, the day happened, and I was like going after the day now I think that it's different. I'm, I, I start and I plan the day or plan or I go ahead the day, you know? Mm-hmm. And this helps a lot when it comes to, to thinking better, making better decisions, uh, be less stressed and, and so on. It's a very, very good tip, I think. Especially when you work in a chaotic environment in a startup, for sure. Um, okay, so... I think you've can't maybe kind of touched on this, but oh, let's do it for you. What would you tell yourself at the beginning of your career? Like what knowledge have you acquired now that you wished you'd known at the beginning of your career? Don't believe everything you think. Don't believe everything you think. That's deep, Mark. There's a lot you can yeah, read into I that. Like this, uh, I really like this uh, quote because I think that you don't... Our beliefs are our limitations, and this is, these are set for the life that we have uh, had, education, etc. And a lot of them are not. Mm-hmm. No, I, I would not even say right or wrong. I mean, you haven't even tried to challenge them, you know? And yeah. when you do it, uh, things happen. Yeah, that's really, really interesting. Yeah, and I guess that's the idea of like your thoughts are not you. You know, it's just, it's a perception you have, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't want to get open up that can of worms because we could be here for hours <laughs> chatting about that. But um, super cool. Um, okay, here's, here's a good one. Um, if you could give, I mean, you're the CEO, so you have the power to do this. If you could give everyone in Hubtype a book and let's say require that they read it, what would it be? Mm-mm-mm. 
this question is very difficult because, well, there are a lot of books and, I, and, and I've read a lot of them. I, I read a lot of books. I'm gonna talk about the last book or that I just finished, okay? okay. It's called uh, 4,000 Weeks. Do you know what that, what, what that is, for example? No, not the book, what that could mean, 4,000 Weeks. 4,000 Weeks, um, uh, is that your life? Yeah, it's a, a 80 years life. God, those, those things terrify me. <laughs> yeah, and, and it explains, it's, it's a book that basically tries to explain the weird relationship that we have with time, no? Like if time is something that we have and we don't have the time, time is something that, something that happens, no? But we treat it like as we have it, no? And it goes, not, not goes again, against, but I mean, it, it put you a different uh, perspective about productivity. I, I mean, to, I'm a geek of that, productivity, efficiency, et cetera, no? And, and it made me reflect a lot about if, if that's the right approach, no? And, and that's what I like about this, for example, last book. And I, I think it's really, really good book. So I, I would recommend to everyone, to everyone. So I think that, that that could be a good book, yeah. You know, I saw, I saw it was on one of those um, like startup office um, shops. Like you get like cool stuff for your startup office. A lot of terrible things. One of them was a, was a poster, huge poster. And it had um, like, it was like a series of dots and each dot rec rep represented a week in the average life. And the idea was that whoever's poster it was would mark off the week. And it was because then like, obviously I did the maths and saw where I was at like 32. It was like, oh my I've went through a fair bit of my life weeks. I mean, I think the idea is it's meant to like motivate you to be more productive, but it just gave me complete existential angst. <laughs> I was like, oh my. Well, and and the, the weird thing is that uh, I've tested, no? And when you ask people, just without saying the 4,000, which is, do you know how, how many weeks do you have uh, in your life? They maybe say 20,000. I mean, just without yeah. making a calculation, people think that they have much more, no? And... And 4,000, it's, it's 80 years, you know? It's, and it, seems, it does not seem that much. It's not that much. It it's really not no, that no, much. No, 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 It's scary. Right, before we terrify our listeners into, um, yeah, some kind of existential crisis, we'll, 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 wrap, we'll wrap up this, this podcast. Uh, we'll do it with the usual question. Uh, Mark, first of all, it's been a, been a pleasure um, to have you. But we need to ask the question that everyone wants to know uh, and how you judge uh, the, the, the team. It's, it's a zombie apocalypse in Barcelona. You're in the office. You get to pick one member of staff from the team, can be anyone, and they're going to help you get to safety. Let's say uh, it's going to be a two, three-day journey. Who are you picking and why? It's for that. I think that I would pick Kike. I think that he's a warrior. <laughs> he's been picked before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would pick Kike for that, probably, just to, as a, for survival, right? And for our really also good conversation regarding health and well-being, all of us like so. <laughs> no, but he will do a good job in in. I'm, I'm sure about surviving. It will help a lot. Oh, we need to tell Kiki this because he's very popular choice. We should say for listeners, Kiki is very in shape and uh, a very good forward planner with for health and and life and things like that. Okay, Mark, that that wraps it up. Is there anything you'd like to to add before we uh, send this out to the world? No, uh, that's all. I mean, thank you for having me. And, and it, I think that it's great, this initiative that, that you're doing. So congrats. Awesome.
Okay. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.